Welcome to the Life Podcast. We're so glad you're joining us for another hope-filled message. We pray that you're encouraged by this powerful word from our Sunday service. It is a privilege to be with you this morning sharing on expansion. Everyone say expansion. Expansion. Some of you might be saying, what is expansion? Well, for us here at Life Adelaide, expansion is what is formally known as legacy. For many years, we termed this season as legacy. But this is what I know. New seasons require new language. And we are in a new season and going into a new season as a local church. And so we wanted to change the name from legacy to expansion to uh, tie all up the loose ends and uh, be uh, one with our life family, not only here in Adelaide, but also in Melbourne and in New Zealand. So everyone say one more time, expansion. Expansion. The word expansion in the dictionary simply means this, the action of becoming larger or more extensive. Larger or more extensive. And I want you to know with all of our heart here at life, that is at the core of our being. To continue to expand our reach and our influence. We want bigger, better, healthier, wiser, more mature people. Who wants to be in an environment where there are bigger, better, wiser, healthier and more mature people? And expansion, or what was previously known as legacy, is something that we do every year. And basically, it is an opportunity for us to sow into our future and expand our reach across all four focuses of life. Those four focuses are church, community, business and Kingdom. They are the four major focuses that we are involved in and engage here at life. And expansion is an opportunity to sow into that so that we could see every focus expand and have greater reach and have greater influence. Expansion, it is an opportunity for life to become what it is destined to become. See, as good as this church is, as good as Life Adelaide is, I'm convinced with all of my heart, there is much more. Do you believe there is much more? Can you get a little bit excited this morning and say more? Can you say much more? I believe there is much more for us here at Life Adelaide to experience than we have presently experienced before. I've been leading this church along with my wife for 28 and a half years and we have some incredible testimonies, some incredible stories of provision and salvation and and, and many, many great things have taken place. But I declare that our best days are ahead of us, not behind us. Who's believing for more? You know, I'm reminded this morning of the story of Lazarus. Lazarus was a man who died and had been dead for four days. Four days is a long time to be dead. And Jesus shows up at the gravesite of Lazarus. And this is what He does. He calls out in a loud voice, Lazarus, come forth. It's interesting to me, if Jesus is powerful enough to raise Him from the dead, you think He could go in and get Him. But he actually leaves Lazarus to come out himself. 
And I, and I believe not only is it a historical fact of something that took place some 2,000 years ago, but it's also a metaphor of us today. I believe that Jesus is calling the church to come out, out of depression, out of sadness, out of disappointment, out of fear, out of betrayal, out of all those things that may have happened to you, be it in the last week, month or year. I believe God wants us to come out of our circumstance, come out of our situation and embrace the more that He has for us. And the story of Lazarus is amazing because not only he comes out, but he comes out to Jesus. He didn't stay in his cave. He didn't stay in his depression. He didn't stay in his death. Maybe there's been a death of a dream, a death of a marriage, a death of a relationship that you've experienced. You don't have to live in that cave of death any longer. You can come out to Jesus. Jesus is waiting for you and He wants to help you. He wants to heal you. He wants to make you whole. And the story goes on that it's not just Jesus who's there waiting to help you. It's also people. Jesus said to the disciples, now unwrap Him. I want you to know that this church is a community of people that wanna help you, bless you, encourage you and see you become all that God has intended you to become. We want you to be bigger, better, healthier, wiser and more mature than you've ever been before. But you'll never experience that if you stay in your cave of death and destruction and despair and divorce and hurt and pain. And I don't wanna be insensitive because I realise all of those things have pain attached to them. No one's ever gone through a divorce without pain. No one's ever gone through a a death without pain. And so please hear me. I'm not trying to be insensitive, but I want you to say that I want to tell you, no matter what you've been through, there is something more for you. You don't have to live in that place any longer, but you can indeed come out and experience the love of Jesus, the forgiveness of Jesus the hope of Jesus, the healing power of Jesus. And He wants to put you in a community that can help you in your day to day. And we have some incredible people in this church, people who will care for you, people will help you. We have some great pastors and we have some great professional carers that wanna help you become all that God destined you to become. But in order for us to experience that, we've got to step out Can you say, step out with me today? Come on, step out. We've got to step out and into what God has for us today. Amen. Of course, as exciting as expansion is, expansion, along with everything really, doesn't just happen. It requires a number of elements for us to embrace and be involved in. And I want to look at a few of those things today. And so the title of my message today would simply be, Expansion requirements, expansion requirements or five keys to expansion. And I want to delve into the Old Testament this morning and I want to read from the book of Kings, 2 Kings chapter 6 and the first seven verses and I'll be reading from the NIV. Are you with me? If you've got your Bibles, please follow along. If not, you can look up on the screen. The uh, verses will be up there behind you. Amen. Sound good. Is there anyone who brings their old school, old fashioned paper Bibles to church anymore? Is there anyone? There's one. I see that hand. I see that hand. Anyone else in the balcony? No, no. Anyone else? There's a, there's a few. God bless you. God bless you. It's awesome. But uh, personally, I don't care what version of the Bible you read. I don't care whether it's on paper or electronic, as long as you read it. As long as you get the Word of God into your spirit. Amen. 
And so let's turn and read 2 Kings chapter 6, verses 1 to 7 this morning. It says, The company of prophets said to Elisha, Now, Elisha was a, 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 a famous hero of the faith, an Old Testament prophet. They said, Look to the place where we meet with you is too small for us. Let us go to the Jordan where each of us can get a pole and build a place there for us to meet. And he said, go. Two thirds of God's name is go. Just sit in that one for a minute. Then one of them said, won't you please come with your servants? I will, Elisha replied, and he went with them. They went to the Jordan and began to cut down trees. As one of them was cutting the tree down, the iron axe head fell into the water. Oh no, my Lord, he cried out. It was borrowed. The man of God asked, where did it fall? When the man showed in the place, Elisha cut a stick and threw it in there and he made the iron float. Lift it out, he said, and the man reached out his hand and he took it. From this passage, I believe that we can see that expansion requires a few things. And we're gonna go through them this morning, five of them. Number one is simply this. Expansion requires conviction. Everyone say conviction. What I love about this passage is that Elisha didn't beg, plead, weep and wail for the prophets to get involved. It was actually the prophets, this company of men who came to Elisha. They used their initiative. If there's something we need in the church today, it is initiative. In verse 1, it says, they came to him and they said, this place that we meet is far too small. In other words, they saw a need and they were disturbed. They saw a need and they were moved. In other words, they felt responsible to do something about it. It's one thing to see a problem, but do nothing about it. But these men saw a need and they were so moved, they felt responsible to do something about it. And I wanna tell you today, in this expansion season, we are not here to try to put guilt on you. We do not want guilt to be the motivator behind our giving and our serving in this next season at Life Adelaide. Guilt and obligation that I have to mentality, they are not gonna cut it moving forward. It's not about guilt, it's not about obligation, it's about responsibility. You see, guilt and obligation are not good motivators. Why? Because they don't last. I've been doing this long enough and I know how to work with the band well enough to create a moment, to move you in a moment. And we can get some great responses in a moment. The trouble is with those moments, they don't last. And so I want you to know, before we come with our pledging moment, this is not about guilt. This is not about obligation. I want, us to, I want to try and help us to see it differently. I want us to move from guilt and obligation to responsibility because guilt and obligation are not good motivators because they don't last. Think about it just for a moment, parents. When you try and get your kid to tidy up their room or whatever else it is that you're trying to get them to do based upon the season of their life. You may, maybe you've threatened them, tidy up your room or else. Do the dishes or else. 
take out the bin or else. Now they might do it because they don't want or else. But again, or else isn't a great motivator. Or else won't teach them to be great husbands and wives in the future and mums and dads in the future. It'll just instill fear. And the Bible says that a perfect love casts out all fear. And yet the early church was some of the most motivated, disciplined helpers on the planet. But it wasn't out of fear, it was out of love. They felt responsible, not guilt or obligated to do what they did. They were moved in their heart. They were moved. I know for me, when it came to the chores and our kids, we try to put a strong why behind the what. We try to help them become responsible for the home and the rooms that we're in. And some of our conversations went like this, hey, you're an owner of this home. You're part of this household. And for many, many years, mum and dad have done things for you, but now you have an age, you can help yourself And I want you to take up responsibility because it's no longer mum's responsibility or dad's responsibility to do the dishes that you made dirty. It's actually an opportunity for you to take up some responsibility. And so all of our kids understood that they had a responsibility. It wasn't about or else, it was that you're part of the family. You're part of the family. And as a part of the family, you have responsibilities. And I used to say to them all the time, I do not want my wife, I'd use the term girlfriend, I said, I do not want my girlfriend being worn out by you doing jobs that you can now do for yourself. Do you love your mum? Do you love the fact that mum and dad are together and and, and still love each other more now than ever before? I said, yeah, well, come on, let's help out. Not about or else. I mean, you, you, you can get a lot done with or else. But it's not going to breed the type of Christians, the type of believers that the church needs moving forward. Come to church or else. That might get you there one week. It may get you there too. It's not going to get you there week after week, month after month, year after year. But if we can have a shift from or else, maybe that's how you were raised or else. But if we can shift from or else to responsibility. There are people coming out with their grave clothes. They're coming out and they need people to help them. They need help. We have a responsibility, church. I don't want to motivate you with guilt. I don't want to motivate you with obligation. I want to inspire you the fact that we are a part of an incredible family. And as a result, it comes with a high responsibility. Because once you feel responsible for someone, you can't ignore it. The excuses go by the wayside. You end up doing anything for anyone. It's amazing to me the shift that takes place, particularly in mums. People that uh, would never get up early normally. There are a lot of of women who who aren't morning people. And yet when a little baby comes along, my goodness me, they'll be up two, three, four times in the night feeding that little child. Why? Because they like it. Because all of a sudden they've become a morning person? No, no, no. They just feel deeply responsible for this brand new, helpless little child. That, that's the type of responsibility we want to instill here at Life Adelaide. You see, conviction is not based on convenience or comfort. We, we've, got to, we've got to get away from convenient, comfort Christianity. Conviction is much, much deeper than convenience. 
In actual fact, often our convictions aren't convenient and they are anything but comfortable. If you look at many of the authors of the Bible, you see what they went through. Paul says it this way, the man who wrote much of the New Testament, he said, in order for us to live the kind of life that we need to in order to follow Jesus, you're gonna face many hardships. So bring it on. That was Paul's attitude. Bring it on. He had a deep conviction. And it's a conviction I see here in many people's lives. I'll never forget seeing Naomi Jackson leading worship on the very same week that her dad died. Her dad had been a very high inspirational figure in her life, obviously. Uh, He led a church for many, many years. And there would have been every reason for Naomi not to be part of the worship team that day. In actual fact, we encouraged her, say, hey, if you need the weekend off. But she, with deep conviction, said, no, this is the place I wanna be. I'll never forget that. It was a number of years ago now, but I'll never forget that, the, the, what it did in me. Her conviction gave me a greater conviction. Are you with me? Lee Archer, only two weeks ago, his dad passed away. And there he was in church that same weekend. Remember giving a big hug and we just, we just embraced for quite some time. It was, it was kind of one of those real awkward hugs because it went for a long time. But man, it was powerful. Man, it was meaningful because it was based upon an appreciation of a deep conviction of a man who's not going to back off because of the circumstance or the situation. And then, of course, we have our very own Pastor Danny here on the front row with his beautiful wife, Sharon, lost their son six and a half years ago. Man, tough, tough. And then no longer, it wasn't long before he was through that and, and then it's cancer and then it's one thing after another and here he is, front row. I, I'm so inspired by your conviction. I, I know it's not based on convenience. I know it's not based on comfort. It's based on something much deeper than that. It's a deep-seated conviction. Many times Danny comes to staff meeting on a Tuesday morning and he's coughing and spluttering and he's, you know, we know he hasn't had the best night's sleep. We know he's not in, in full health, but here he is. Here he is, here he is. And, and, and I, I say to some of the young guys when they've got a little bit of a migraine or a little bit of a sniffly nose, I say, Pastor Danny's coming. No guilt, no obligation, but Pastor Danny's gonna be here. Just, just saying, it's kind of brings some perspective. Are you with me today? So expansion requires conviction number one. And secondly, it, revi- it requires clarity. Everyone say clarity. This company of prophets not only saw the need, but they spoke a solution. They said, let's build a bigger, better place where more people can meet. I love that thought. In other words, they knew the vision and they knew the mission. The vision is the what. And the what is very important. You see, you can't say what you don't see. If you're gonna have a conviction, if your, your words are gonna hold weight, You've got to first see some things. Jesus said to the disciples, who do you say that I am? Because Peter, uh, Jesus could only build with people who saw who He really was. And if we're going to be part of the solution, we've got to, we've got to see solutions, not just problems. And they were able to see. The Bible says at this way that without a vision, people perish. Or the NIV says they cast off restraint. In other words, all the hard things, all the difficult things they stop doing because it's just too hard. But vision stops you doing that. 
Vision gives us purpose. And here at Life Adelaide, we want to purchase property. Here at Life Adelaide, we want to upgrade our facilities. The chairs we're sitting on, they're breaking. Every week, chairs are breaking and breaking and breaking. We need new chairs. We want to upgrade the facilities and we don't apologise for that. We're not back-footed about that. We want to upgrade some of the equipment because as you can only imagine, things break over time. Things degrade, they don't improve over time. And so we don't want to go backwards in our presentation of the Word of God. We want to go forward. But not only that, we want to start more community kitchens. We want to give out more Christmas boxes. These are some of the the things that we want to do here at Life Adelaide. And expansion is an opportunity for us to be able to do all of these things. The mission is the why. Why are we doing all these things? You need to know the why. Because this is not about us. We want our building, we want facilities, we want uh, equipment so that we can boast and say, look how good we are. Now that's the wrong why. Our why is very strong here at Life Adelaide. We want to see more people come. We want to see more people influenced and affected with the love of Jesus. Here at Life Adelaide, people are our priority. It's all about others. Jesus taught us that. He left the splendour of heaven, came to planet earth. Why? For people's sake, for your sake, for my sake. He came for the sake of others. Everything Jesus did was for the sake of others. And expansion is about doing whatever it takes to reach more people. We started this church some 28 and a half years ago, as I've already mentioned. And we started in a small who, in a small who, in a small hall. And we've moved multiple times over the years. Why? To house more people, to make more room for people. And we've seen people saved, beautifully, wonderfully saved. We've seen people baptised. We've people, seen people set free. In actual fact, we have a baptism service next Sunday night. If you've not been baptised through going through the waters of baptism, uh, see, go to the information desk, see Pastor Ash and register your name. Next Sunday night, we're going to see people go through the waters of baptism. That's why we do what we do. People are precious. People are important. People are our priority. That's why we do what we do. Expect Expansion after expansion, legacy after legacy, heart for the house after heart for the house. Call it what you will. It's always been motivated by a deep love for people and reaching more and more people. I mean, this is amazing. This is fantastic. But imagine twice as many people experiencing the love and the forgiveness of Jesus, seeing healing and salvation. That'd be amazing. That's what we do. And that's why we do what we do. Are you with me today? Number three is simply this. Expansion not only requires conviction and clarity, but also it requires action. I love this thought that they were moved to action. In other words, they didn't just talk about it. They didn't just think about it. In verse two, it says, let us go to Jordan where we can each get a pole and build. See, there's a difference between a concern and a conviction. And the difference between a concern and conviction is action. You can be concerned about something. How many of you have seen the news and and you've heard something terrible that's happening or some war-torn country that, wow, and you have a concern, but you don't do anything about it. Because a conviction is deeper than a concern. Conviction has action attached to it. You know, one of the problems, 
not only in the church, but in life in general, is what I call a failure to launch. A failure to launch. Often we never get what is promised because we don't do what is required. We don't do what is needed in order to experience the promises of God. Are you with me? The Bible says it this way, that faith without works is dead. There needs to be some action accompanying our faith. I believe with all my heart that now is the time. We don't know if we've got tomorrow. We don't know if we've got next week or next month or next year, but we do have today. Today is the day of salvation. This is the day. It takes action. And I'm so glad that this church is filled with incredible volunteers who put their words and their feet together. Are you with me? I think of Cheryl Lazutin, part of the Refresh team, and there are numbers of people who just go after the service when everyone else is leaving. There they are in the cafe and in certain parts of the auditorium, just cleaning up, making sure it's fresh again for the next service, in the toilets cleaning. This is, this is not a very, it's a bit of a thankless job, but, but for all of those on our Refresh team, we want to say thank you. Can we just put our hands together? Thank you. You may not always appreciate a clean toilet, but you certainly notice a dirty toilet. You certainly notice a smelly toilet. And we have people who will go into those environments and clean it up. Why? For the sake of others. It's going to take action. Next Sunday is Commitment Sunday. It's an opportunity where we get to fill in our pledge forms and return them and actually act upon what it is that we're talking about here today. Next week, we're going to be looking more about community and uh, Nick Edwards is coming over. Pastor Kath will be up here. Uh, She sends her apologies today. She's uh, been delayed on her flight. She was meant to be here this morning, but she was in New Zealand at the Sisters Conference, had an amazing time uh, again. But airlines being what they are, uh, she got redirected from Melbourne to Sydney. So she's in Sydney and she's flying home, hopefully, now-ish. So she sends her apologies and says, I'm so sorry they can't be here this morning, but that was certainly not part of the plan. Are you with me this morning? Two more. Number four is simply this expansion requires faith. Whenever you start to build something, problems are inevitable. And in verse five, it says, as one of them was cutting down a tree, lo and behold, the axe head flew off. Surprise, surprise. I mean, how many of you can ever attest to the fact that you decide to build something and something goes wrong? Has anyone ever decided I'm going to build something and something goes wrong? You go down to Ikea and, and we're not even talking about building, we're talking about assembling. And, and that's a nightmare. I mean, I, I think that's the devil's headquarters, Ikea. It's just, it's just it's a nightmare. I know Dan and Ashar have just built a house and I know they'd love to say they're grateful and they are. I know they'd like to say God is amazing, incredible provision and all that is true. But if you ask them, have you had any problems along the way with your building process? I can guarantee they can say, oh, there were a few. There were a few. In actual fact, Dan said, oh, that's great. They bought the, uh, they bought the, um, uh, the, the, the day earlier. Oh, sorry, that, what, do you, what do you call that? Inspection or whatever it is. The, Handover, the handing of the key sooner. And I just smiled. I said, they say that today. (laughs) 
I, I, don't know, I don't know if I said that at the time because I didn't want to burst this bubble. But oh, it's amazing, it's going so well. They're ahead of schedule and they're going to hand us the key. I think it was like a month earlier. It's just amazing, it was fantastic. And I just smile. I've built a few homes before and, and I'm like, that, that's a miracle if that happens. And sure enough, a few things went wrong and, and Dan's like, oh man, it's just not going as planned. And, and it's, that's welcome to building. Welcome to building anything. And if that was true, just for building a house or a cupboard from Ikea, how much more problematic when you say yes to building the church? How much more problematic when you say yes to building the church? Why? Because what we're building isn't just physical. What we're building when we say yes to building the church, we're saying yes to building something not only physical, but also spiritual. And you need a spiritual answer to a spiritual problem and spiritual opposition when it comes. Do you know that? See, with every expansion season, there is always opposition. I would like to tell you that I've had just the peachiest of weeks. I'd like to be able to tell you my week was phenomenal. And if your week was, God bless you. The Bible says that we should rejoice with those who are rejoicing. God bless you, I say. I said that a little bit sarcastic, I know, but I do mean it. God bless you, it's awesome. But my week wasn't like that. But I have been in expansion, legacy, heart for the house campaigns before. And I've learned to be prepared for opposition. And this week for me was no exception. The fact that Kath was away is problematic enough for me. I did not get married to be apart. In my 30 plus years of married life, Kath and I have not spent too many days apart. We got married to be together. And as it is, ministry takes us apart every so often. And, and, and Kath and I have been apart for the last four or five days, whatever it was. And, and, and that's not a problem. I just miss her. But in that time, I'm preparing for expansion. And obviously I appreciate her perspective and she tried to give me as much perspective as she could prior to going away and, and emails while she was away, etc. But during that time, I got a phone call that my dad, Keith Rainbow, who most of us here know and love and appreciate for without him, I don't believe this would be here, was rushed to hospital because he had a stroke. And so in my prep time, I have to go to hospital. And it's not a matter of just, I'll go see him and then I'll get back on with things. What I saw, I wasn't prepared for. And I, I was so emotional, I couldn't get my words out. And for the first hour I was in hospital, I just kept crying, seeing my hero this strong man of God and a strong dad and a strong husband, the whole time I've known him, just kind of not himself. I mean, this time last year, dad was still in the gym and he was still doing all kinds of things. And, 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 and it's just changing before my eyes. And so I remember looking at one of the nurses, she came and she said, okay. And I, I wanted to say, yeah, I'm cool. That's what I, in my head, you know, in my head. And I, I went, yeah, and I just, I, I, I couldn't stop crying. 
And then I managed to compose myself. I think I got all my tears out. And for the next couple of hours, I just sat with him holding his hand. And, and uh, whenever he came to, I'd just say something. And he'd grab my hand. He goes, I have three fine sons. And you're my best mate. And just reliving some of the stories growing up. It's just such a sweet moment. And there's been lots of hospital visits from me and my two brothers, etc., etc. And this is all in the lead up to expansion. Not only that, though, my dog. Now, some of you aren't pet lovers, some of you aren't dog lovers, and some of you met my dog and don't even love him, that's fine. <laughs> but I love him, and he means something to me. And if you don't like Tobias, that's fine, but you don't know him like I know him. And but as my dad's gone downhill, he's going downhill and he's limping, and he's just not himself, he's in pain, he's in agony. And so this morning, I'd like to tell you I was praying and I was... Uh, I was holding my dog and I'm, I'm, trying to get, I'm trying to get Panadol in his mouth. So, no, come on, come on, come on, come on. Come on. And then I, I managed to squeeze it in and, and it had this little trick, a little bit of food and it, to just open his mouth to get, trick him with some food, shove the, and just like, and it's spilling everywhere. And I've got my, oh, come on. And then I just want to leave him inside because it's very cold, but I need to go to the party. And I'm out the front, I'm, I'm already to the church. Wheeze, want to do wheeze? Come on, do wheeze, wheeze, want to do wheeze? It's not ideal preparation. <laughs> but it's life. It happens. And I know many of you out there could say, that's nothing. You can see my situation and go to a whole other level. That's my point. Building the church comes with opposition. Life comes with opposition. When you say yes to the church, it's, you get the life opposition stuff. And then you get the build the church opposition stuff. Christianity is better to better, but it's also worse to worse. It's both. And you've got to be prepared for it. And so because I've been in this situation many times before, I know what this is. You know, Kath, Kath, in fact, Kath was so sweet. She said, hey, babe, we don't need to do expansion if we don't want to. You know, we can put it off for a week. And, and when she said that, I know that came from the right place. I know that she was trying to help, and I know she meant every word. And at that moment, I did feel like there would be a grace to me if that was the case. But something rose in me. I thought, if I just keep rolling over every time the devil throws something at me, he's going to keep throwing stuff at me. I want to let him know that I'm not happy with this and I'm not putting up with it. And if this was intended to stop me, then you're wasting your time because we're going to keep going through this. On top of that, I don't want to look my dad in the eye and say, oh, by the way, Dad, because you're in hospital, we stopped doing expansion. He'd say, you what? So I appreciate the place that that came from. But I also know how things work. If you roll over to this stuff, you'll just be a victim for the rest of your life. Sometimes you've got to stand up to the bully. Sometimes you've got to stand up to the bully. That's why I love David so much. Running at Goliath with a glint in his eye, a smile on his face, a spring in his step, a sling in his hand, and he takes the giant down. That's what you've got to do. That's what you've got to do. God will forgive you if you don't take on the giant. God will love you if you don't but you'll live in a prison that you've created by your inaction and your fear. Are you with me today? And so every expansion season has opposition. But you can't expand God's kingdom in our own strength. That's my point. Because of the opposition, we need God. Pastor Paul is crying out to God on a daily basis. 
He needs a but God moment. And we as a church are standing with Him in His but God moment. And not only Pastor Paul, but every other need out there because we realise the needs are beyond us. We can only do so much. Then we need God to move. You see, our faith requires action, which is my previous point. But our action also requires faith. Our faith requires action and our action requires faith. What is faith? For me, faith is looking to, relying on and believing in God, no matter what the circumstance or situation. I'll say that again. Faith is looking to, it's relying on and it's believing in God, no matter what the circumstance or the situation. And what I love about these company of prophets What did they do when they lost the axe head? Verse five says, they cried out to the man of God for help. I love that. They cried out to the man of God for help. That's what God wants us to do. When you're in trouble, when you've lost your proverbial axe head, whatever that may represent for you today, cry out to God, cry out to Him. Prayer invites God into the equation. I think about Matt and Stacey, our very own Matt and Stacey, who were on a journey. They desperately wanted a child for eight years, no child, but all of a sudden, miracle of miracles. And today we get to experience the cutest kid of all, Gus. And it's just an incredible God story. What changed things? Prayer. Standing in prayer. When you pray, you invite God into the situation. I think about renovating this building some 13 years ago. And I'll never forget, it was amazing. It was amazing. It was like God amplified our voice for all of Adelaide to hear. And we were talking about, we need a concrete cutter. Do you know a concrete cutter? Mick, do you know a concrete cutter? Ash, do you know a concrete cutter? Jordan, do you know a concrete cutter? None of us knew a concrete cutter. In actual fact, I didn't even know it was a job. I just know we needed one on this occasion. And I kid you not, we get a knock at the door. Some guy walks into our church and says, hey, look, I'm a concrete cutter and I just want to offer my services to you. He's never been in the church before. He's never been in since, but he did our concrete cutting and he didn't charge us. It's like we were just having a little bit of a conversation between ourselves, but God, is there anyone in Adelaide that can come to Life Adelaide and cut some concrete? They need some help. It's just an amazing thing that that took place. When's the last time you had a God story? Come on, let's let's invite God into our circumstance. Let's invite God. And it's an amazing thing. I I thank God for all of our disciplines over the years. But man, we would not be where we are today if it was on our disciplines alone. I thank God for the wisdom and good decisions, but our wisdom and good decisions have limits. This church has but God moments right throughout its history. And for us to get where God wants us to go, we need the faithfulness of God's people, but we also need God at the centre of all that we do. You see, prayer not only changes things, but more importantly, this is what I love about prayer. Prayer changes us. It is not so true that prayer changes things as that prayer changes me. And then I change things. Consequently, we must not ask God to do what He has created us to do. For instance, Jesus Christ is not a social reformer He came to alter us first. And if there is any social reform to be done on earth, we must do it. Often we pray God to do something. God says, I want want to do something in you. And then you as a changed person through prayer will bring the change that is required and needed. We need the touch of God in our lives on what we are doing. 
And we see that in verse 6. Elisha, he cuts a stick, throws it in the water, and the axe head floats. I wasn't great at science. I wasn't great at school. But I wasn't great at, I'm going to say physics. Oh, maybe I did learn some things. Maybe, I, maybe, I did, maybe something went in. But I know if you get a stick and throw it in the water and expect iron to float, it's not going to happen. If you go to school, kids, and say, I've got a trick. I've learned something. It's not going to work. This is definitely a but God moment. Through prayer, God wants us to add His super to our natural. And I want us to be praying about our expansion offering. I don't want us just to go in, I can't afford it. I don't want us to go in with, oh, they don't need it. I want us to go in and say, God, what can I contribute? How can I play my part? And the fifth point is simply this, expansion requires partnership. The company of prophets, it says. In other words, it wasn't just one prophet. It wasn't just one person. It was a company of people. Verses one to two says this, look, the place we meet with you is too small for us. Let us go to the Jordan where each of us can get a pole and let us build a place for us to meet. Five times the word us is mentioned. I say that to say this church, while I'm grateful for our staff, while I'm grateful for our pastoral team, while I'm grateful for our extended leadership team, it's not enough. We need you and you and you and you. And if you're watching online today, we need you. We need all hands on deck. Partnership distributes the weight. When it comes to being involved, I want you to see it as a weight-carrying thing. We were helping Dad move all of his stuff out of his home as it was prepared for sale before he moved into his new home. And some of the things we had to move were very heavy. And some of the things I just could not pick up. It needed to be moved. It had to be moved, but I couldn't do it in my own strength. And so it's so great to have other people there. And what we found, what I couldn't do by myself we could do with another person. Or on some occasions, three other people. And on some occasions, four or five other people. It's amazing what you can move when we work together. And that's what partnership is about. It's about carrying the weight. You know, we can look on Instagram and see the statistics of pastors burning out or people no longer going to church, burnout after burnout. And we can sit there cynical, pointing a finger, say, yeah, that's like me. Or we can say, why is that the case? Is that the case? Because there are too few people doing too much. Is the faithful few upholding the lazy lot? Is that the problem? And then the lazy lot point the finger and say, oh, look at them, they burnt out. Calls himself a Christian. Now, I think one of the things that can stop burnout and depression and, and so much of this other stuff that we're facing is if we could just... Share the weight, share the load. You know, because of my week, one of the members of our church lives just down the road from me, got wind of what had happened with my dad. And there was a knock at the door. And there she was, Anita. Anita Laub, 
with some of, not only a meal, but one of the greatest meals I've ever tasted. Now at that moment, I, you know what? If that meal didn't come, I still would have eaten. I still could have got myself some food. But do you know what? Just receiving it, it just took away some weight. It was one less thing I had to think of. It was one less thing I had to do. I thank God for people like Anita. who didn't sit there saying, well, you know, he's got two hands, he's in good health, he can do it. And that would be true. But I want to tell you what it did for me, what it did for my heart, what it did for my spirit, what it did for my soul as we worked together. Simple little thing. She's probably blushing right now as she hears this, but I appreciate that. And I know that this, uh, this church is built on many, many moments just like that. Many of you, because I've had that happen to me. I've had that happen to me. I've had that happen to me. We need you. We need you. We need you. I, I love what is taking place with our community kitchen right now. Kath's got a, a team of volunteers and she's mobilised a, a, a section of the church that weren't previously involved, which is just awesome. Because what we don't want to do is just keep making busy people busier. So Kath's tapped into people who weren't as busy when it comes to serving in the life of the church and, and activated a part of the church that needed activating, which is good. But more importantly, it stops busy people getting too busy. Are you with me? You know, Acts chapter 4, verse 32 to 34 teaches, uh, teaches us an invaluable lesson. It's one I've shared many times before, but it's simply this that when all the people, or can I say all the believers, or can I say all the church. So if you're visiting for the first time today and you're not a Christian, you're not part of this church, I'm not talking to you necessarily, but I'm talking about people who call this place home, who've been blessed by this place, who've been ministered to by this place. The early church teaches us what can take place when all the people, all the believers, all the church gave all that they had with all their heart. See, this isn't a money grab. This is more of a heart thing than it is a money thing. Giving and generosity starts in the heart. Starts in the heart. It's a heart thing first. And the early church knew that. So all the believers gave all they had because all their heart was in it. They weren't manipulated. They weren't guilted into it. They were just shared the truth. And if, you t if, if they looked at some of the problems we were facing, like tithing, tithing for the early church was a low bar. We got that out of the way. That's, that's a given. What next? They just settled some things. All the believers gave all they had. And the giving all you have isn't just a money thing. It involves that, but it's more than that. It's, 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 it's a bit about time, praying, thinking, reflecting, reading. It's volunteering. It's giving of ourselves. The early church knew that. All the church gave all they had. Why? Because it was with all their heart. And here's, here's the result. When all the church gave all they had with all their heart, get this, all the needs were met. I thank God for some of the needs that are being met right now, but it's not all. And the more 
of us that can get involved, the more needs can be met. And so when it comes to our future and particularly legacy 2022, going into 23, this is, this is a, an eight months ask. We, we want you to think about and pray about what it is that you can contribute financially, but also where you can get involved in the next eight months. In the seat pocket in front of you is a pledge card. I want you to grab that out right now. We're going to pray over that in just a moment. But, but this, is, this is our desire through our expansion campaign and our expansion season. We, we want to purchase this property. I said that last year. We want to purchase this property. And if that doesn't come available to us, we, we want to purchase elsewhere. We, we want to stake in the ground. There's something powerful about purchasing property and not just renting. This place has been an incredible blessing to us and I'm grateful for it. But where possible, we, we want to purchase property. Our position because of your generosity, our financial position because of your generosity and our stewardship of the finances that have come in has put us in a very healthy financial position to be able to do something. Not only that, we can also borrow against our property at Shepherd, at Shepherd Street. We've also got pre-approval from the banks. So, so we're in a good position to be able to do what we desire to do. Having said that, the reality is it's out of our control. And that's why we want you to pray. We've been in negotiations and conversation with our landlord and we've been back and forth and I'd love to be able to tell you there's been a, 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 a done deal. We're not there yet. We're not there yet. But our desire would be to purchase this property, if not this property, then somewhere else. But I say that to say this. Our mission, which is the most important thing, is to reach people. It's to reach people. And our mission needs a hub and our mission needs a base, a face for the organisation. And we need a building that reflects who we are and what we believe and what we want to achieve as part of that mission. And so we want to see God do what it is that only He can do. And so we've set a, a target this year because we want to see God do over and above. And we're asking you to think about and pray about what it is it you can give. And this is over and above our regular giving. What we don't want to do is rob Peter to pay Paul. We don't want our tithes to go down and our giving to go up because that doesn't help us one bit. If we're just redistributing where the money goes, it doesn't help us. We're talking about praying and seeking God's face on how we can give in an area to see this dream become a reality. Of course, if nothing opens up and that is out of our hands, then we want to make this place as practical and as beautiful and as purposeful as possible. And so we're asking you to think about and pray about what it is you can give. And there is a chart behind me. The goal would be $300,000. And obviously for some of you, that sounds like a lot of money. Maybe for some of you, it doesn't sound like a lot of money. I realise in a room of this many people and those watching online, money is very relative. And so we've broken up how different people can give and what that could equal. Do you know if there was just 200 units, 
200 willing units. A unit is a person, a married couple or a family. And if 200 of those units could give according to this breakdown, we would get there easily. Now, the reality is this church is made up of far more than 200 units. And I realise that there may be some here who can contribute that top number. And you may be able to do it in your sleep. You may be able to do it easier. You may be able to supersede that. We don't want this to be the limiter, but we want you to think about it. And we realise there may be others at the bottom end and you may be only able to contribute a $10 number. For some, it could be even less than that. But I would encourage you to be part of it. This is a conversation we've had with our kids ever since they've been earning money. Our family right now is a family of two units. There's Kath and I, one unit, and our 16-year-old daughter. And both those units are going to be giving according to faith, what God puts on their heart, and the reality of income earned. And so all we're asking is for you to think about, pray about, so that we can not only see this target achieved, but all the wonderful things that go with it. Are you with me? Can we just stand together and grab that pledge card? I mentioned at the beginning of this message that guilt is a poor motivator. We're not here to guilt anyone into anything. We are here simply to seek God's face and let Him speak to us. And if you'll open your heart up, He will speak. That might scare some of you, but He will speak. Father, we just thank You for this incredible opportunity as a church to move into our next season. And we just pray that this expansion season, You'd speak to us. We realise there are different circumstances and different situations that people find themselves in, emotionally, financially, relationally, even spiritually, Lord. And that's okay. But Lord, we believe in prayer. We believe that You're a God who's not far off, but You speak to us. And we just pray that You'd speak to us concerning our future when it comes to how we can play our part in seeing the vision fulfilled. And we ask that today in Jesus' mighty name. And everyone said, Amen, 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 Amen. Thanks for listening to this podcast. We trust that you're encouraged by this powerful message. You always have a place to call home here at Life and we invite you to join us for our Sunday services at our Adelaide campus. If you'd like to know more about Life, then visit our website at lifeadelaide.org or download the Life Adelaide app and stay connected.